0: I believe that that was Maggie Lena Walker saying, okay, Ruth, you're going through just some an obstacle. It's a simple obstacle. What is your problem? Why are you worried about what this person is saying? Try anyway. And I tried it, and it worked. And I couldn't believe it. And I said, you know, she was talking to me. So I learned a lot, Ryan. I learned about perseverance. Learn how to keep my peace because sometimes you want to go off and say the wild thing, but sometimes you have to keep your peace when you're dealing with people. Learn that we are all in this game together of life.
1: Welcome to the Friends and Fiction Writer's Block Podcast. Four New York Times bestselling authors, one rock star librarian, and endless stories. Join Mary Kay Andrews, Kristen Harmel, Christy Woodson Harvey, and Patty Callahan Henry, along with Ron Block. As novelists, we are four longtime friends with 70 books between us.
2: And I am Ron Block. Please join us for fascinating author interviews and insider talk about publishing and writing. If you love books and are curious about the writing world, you are in the right place. Welcome to another episode of the Friends and Fiction Writers Block Podcast. Before we begin today, we have a little reminder. My co host today is Patty. And, Patty, what is the, the big, Reveal today.
1: Well, this is the week that our beloved Mary Kay Andrews, another co-host of Friends in Fiction, her new novel, Bright Lights Big Christmas, is out now. Yay. We are going to have the most amazing launch episode on our live <laughs> show.
2: Yes. It
1: is Ron's laughing because he is the referee. <laughs> but it is time to start celebrating Christmas, believe it or not. And this novel is the perfect way to. To begin, it is set in New York City with a family of Christmas tree farmers from North Carolina, and it is as fun as it is charming. And we want to say happy pub week to our beloved Mary Kay Andrews.
2: Yes, Happy Pub Week, and I really love this. It had such a, it just brought me right into the spirit of Christmas, yeah. and I love the care. I love the characters, and I want more. And I'm not sure. Especially some, the I'd little boy. More.
1: Yes, He's so charming. I know,
2: and his relationship with the old man with a secret. I know it's great. I love it. It's great. Yeah, yeah. So we can't wait. So congratulations on Pub Week. Today, we're going to take a deep dive into a historical fiction novel about a powerful and amazing woman named Maggie Lena Walker. We'll be talking to Ruth Watson, the author of the novel, A Rightworthy worthy Woman. I am Ron Block.
1: And I am Patty Callahan-Henry, co-host of Friends in Fiction. We have been looking forward to talking to Ruth Watson. She is a playwright, a freelance writer, a documentary filmmaker, a storyteller, and a novelist so many things. She is the author of many children's books and a novel that has been adapted into a musical called Blackberry Days. She is the recipient of the Caversham Fellowship, an artist and writer's residency in South Africa, where she published her first children's book in Zulu, Our Secret Bond. She is an adjunct professor and project manager who lives with her family in Atlanta, Georgia. Welcome, Ruth. Yay. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you,
0: for having me. I am so happy to be here. I cannot tell you how happy I am, Patty. I was crying this morning.
2: I oh, said, no. oh,
0: Ruth, you are such a I dear. Was, I was. I said, I can't believe that Patty and Ron invited me to the show. I am so thankful and grateful. So I am elated. If I share a few tears, please forgive me. I am so we emotional. We cry on the
1: show all, the, all the, time, the time, my friends, <laughs> all the time. The <laughs> and you know they can't see us, so they don't know if we're crying or not. So oh, good. let's talk about the novel. This is the story of Maggie Lena Walker, who lived from 1864 to 1934. Amazingly, she was the daughter of a laundress and a former enslaved woman, and she became a courageous community leader in Richmond, Virginia. Virginia first as an educator, and later as the first Black woman to charter and own a bank that offered loans and mortgages to Black entrepreneurs. She is widely credited with making her corner of Richmond, Virginia, one of the most prosperous and vibrant Black communities in America. And on the face of it, that's what this book is about. But I know that Maggie stole your heart. So what would you say the book is really about?
0: I think the book is really about how we can sacrifice our lives for those of others Mm -hmm. and about how one woman can make a difference and one man can make a difference. Any of us can make a difference in life by sacrificing probably our family, our friends, everybody to make sure that everybody's happy. And I think she gave up a lot except for love. Mm -hmm. I think love is the enduring part of her life. She had a man that loved her. And I think because of that love, she was able to do so many things. But I think I want you to take away that there's a sacrifice for all of us. And if we sacrifice something for somebody else, blessings will come our way as well. Beautiful. I love
2: that. And, and and just meeting you and, and hearing you, the, the your passion for this subject comes shining through. And it's it's catchy too, because delving into the character is just amazing. Okay, so Maggie is really different from the characters you've written about in your books before. For example, in Blackberry Days, a mystery musical, we meet a gambler in Virginia. Why was the voice of Maggie Lena Walker different from your other books, and why is she so important to you?
0: Well, stumbled across her. When I was researching Richmond, Virginia, because the characters in my other book moved to Richmond, Virginia, and there was a lady by the name of Maggie Walker. At first, I thought it was Madame C.J. Walker. And then I further researched and found out it was a banker who was a female banker, and she happened to be African-American. And it's somebody nobody ever heard about. I had never heard about her in history books. Nowhere. So I was perplexed and I wanted to know more. So I just added her to all of my books. Every time I wrote a book, she was always the lady coming into the club and having the best seat in the house. But nobody ever asked me about her if she was ever a real character. I love that. I love that. And-
1: So when I was writing about a real woman named Joy Davidman, I felt as if she was often directing my writing, as if it was my job to honor her. So your original inspiration came from doing some research about Richmond and finding out about Maggie, realizing she wasn't who you thought she was, realizing what a great woman she was. Did you feel like it was your job to honor her that she was often directing where you were going with this? I want you to talk about the writing and all of that.
0: Patty, that is true because every time I would write something, I always included her and I'm not sure why. It was almost like she wanted to say, here I am, please, please give me some life, you know, bring me to life. And... It wasn't until I turned in a book to Simon & Schuster, which they turned me down and said, no, this is not a good book. We don't want this book. And I was so disappointed, Patty, because honestly, I needed the money. I'll be our I, I it's am. It's heartbreaking, mortality. too,
1: when we pour ourselves into our work like that, and then yeah. they say, I don't want it. It's like saying, you have an ugly baby, man. Like, it's yes, so hard. Oh, my gosh. So then what happened? Because this has a happy ending. So keep going. Well, well the
0: editor there, she read the story, and I guess she kept reading it. And she said, is there a real Maggie Lena Walker? Is this person a real character? Because I had written a little bit more about her in the last book. And I said, yes, it's a real character. So when my agent came back and said, they want to know more about Maggie Lena Walker. Are you willing to write about her? At first, Patty, I'm telling you, tears rolled down my eyes because I was not interested in writing that story. But Maggie said, yes, you, you, it, it's time for you to write my story. So I said, sure, I'm going to write about Maggie Lena Walker. It's time that people know about the lady I've met. Over the past 14 years, it's like she just kept showing up. It's something about her in my life, and I don't know what it is. And I think I'm doing what I'm supposed to do, but I always wonder if I'm pleasing her at all.
2: and, oh, and what I love that. I yeah. bet you are them.
1: I, yeah. I felt that way with Joy. I thought, it, and there were often times where, I didn't wanna write a certain scene because it might make her look bad. And yet I felt as if I didn't hear her voice, I'm not insane, but I often felt that (laughs) she was like, all of me or none of me, Like you have to put in the difficult parts and the good parts. So with every scene I was trying to decide whether to use or not, and I'm wondering if you felt the same, I was weighing whether I was honoring her or whether I was telling the truth and how to balance that.
0: I did. And then a lot of times I got real quiet because I felt like she was talking to me and saying, this has to go in here, even though somebody else may ha- may not put it in there. You have to put this in there. People have to know who I am. And they must know. And I just kept hearing her voice And I kept writing. writing. That's what happened.
2: Excuse me. That comes through too. I like one of the things I love most about the book is actually your author's note at the end. It really talks so much about your passion and some of the things you've been sharing here. So I hope anybody who gets their hands on the book will make sure that they get to read that. And the other thing I want to say too is that these are the voices that we should have learned in school. And these are the people that we should have learned about. But now it's so great with fiction that now we can really tell their stories and get their stories and their 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 worth out there. And so that's, that's one of the things I just absolutely love about your book. It's this whole part of history that I didn't know, and now I do.
0: Thank you. And just like uh, Patty said, sometimes you don't know if what you're writing is exactly what you should be putting on paper, but you just do it anyway and hope right. that people will understand the journey and why you had to write what you wrote and how you had to make implications and make people think about her as a character. And when I went to visit her, the, the, where the paternal order used to meet and they used to be the St. Luke Crillin bank used to be in there at first when they moved to their location tears, I mean, as soon as I got close to that place, it seemed like there was a spirit. There. And the mm-hmm. spirit was, saying, I mean, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. And I was bawling. I couldn't even stop crying. I'm like, what is going on here? I didn't have this until I got there. It was like she wanted to be noticed, and she wanted to be recognized, and she has been hidden for so long that like a resurrection it's like like, give me a chance let the people know that i did all my best for women and especially for african-american women who were domesticated always and also for other women who their job was to look good for their husbands and not Mm -hmm. think and not have opinions
2: I love that. I love that too. And so uh, obviously you kind of went into this and you did not have a definite goal in mind. You just had this passion that was driving you. And getting to know her and us getting to know her as readers, what do you think Maggie would want the women today to think about and take away from her journey?
0: That there are going to be obstacles no matter what you do in life. There are going to be people who like you, people who don't like you. But you've got to get around that. We can't take everything so personal. We got to know that when you really put your mind to something that you want to do, sometimes you got to work with people who don't like you or you don't like. But you've got to figure out a way to make it work for both of you and for everybody around.
2: Right. Because
0: we all gave up just by because somebody gave us a bad look or called us a name, we would be in bad shape.
2: Yeah, and I love this whole story of of you bringing the book to life and all of your perseverance and things. What did you take away from all this?
0: Oh, let me tell you, Ryan. I was thinking about something the other day. It was just something real simple, though. And I was sort of toying with whether or not I should try to do something. And I don't want to say what it is because I don't want to, You know, hurt anybody's feelings or insult anyone. And I had to do it. I did it. First, I got a no, a complete no. I can't do it. You're not going to be able to do that. Um, That book is not that big. You can't move forward. And then something, it's like something inside of me said, well, okay, I may not can't move forward in your mind, but would you mind allowing me to find out anyway? And that person said, "Um, yeah, you can, but it was really in a nasty way. It wasn't in a nice way, but Mm -hmm. I said, okay, I'm going to do it anyway. I'm going to try to find out anyway. And I believe that that was Maggie Lena Walker saying Okay, Ruth, you're going through just some an obstacle. It's a simple obstacle. What is your problem? Why are you worried about what this person is saying? Try anyway. And I tried it, and it worked. And I couldn't believe it. And I said, you know, she was talking to me. So I learned a lot, right? I learned about perseverance. Learned how to keep my peace. Because sometimes... You want to go off and say the wild things, but sometimes you have to keep your peace when you're dealing with people. Mm -hmm. Learn that we are all in this game together of life. You know, everybody's in this, we're here to love, to cherish, to help, to promote everybody. And it's not just about me. My goal is about making sure that Miss Maggie Lena Walker get the recognition that she deserves. She's been lost. She's been left behind. And it's time for her to be noticed. And I just want people to know who she is
2: and what she was about. Yeah, this book will certainly do that.
1: And I think too that there's a there's a power in writing about another powerful woman. People ask me the same thing. What did you learn from her? And I always say, not as eloquently as you just did, that I took away, I'm braver because of her. And I think, you know, you just said that women were taught not to have opinions in that time. And in the era when Maggie was coming to power, most women just accepted their fates of being quiet, not giving their opinion. We weren't allowed to have credit cards or... Um, land in our name, so where in the world did Maggie's power and confidence come from? like we get to we get to borrow from her and other women before us, but where did her power and confidence come from?
0: I think she had a strong faith in God, and mm, I love that I think God could be the universe if you want to call him the universe. It's whatever we want to call it, but she had a strong will and faith in him that it was so strong that she became fearless. Mm. And that's hard because there's always somebody scares you that's human. But we're not supposed to be afraid of human humans, but we are. But I believe it was her faith because she often quoted scripture when she was doing things. It's, it's like it had to be her guiding force. And um, somebody say not to say supernatural, because supernatural makes it seem like she might have been insane. No, she wasn't insane. She just had, she was grounded. She had the willpower to do things that God said we could do, and we have the power to do, but you don't feel it. So I think she did.
2: She had conviction. Yeah.
1: There you go. Yes. Yeah.
2: Yes, yes, yes.
1: And grounding. I like the word grounding, too. Yep.
2: Yeah. So historical fiction is tricky. You have to balance fact and story, imagination and timelines. And how would you describe your approach to this portrayal of her life?
0: Well, I put so much fact in that I had to find that I, I wanted to be creative and I had to create some characters that would probably push the narrative a little further, but it happened. And I had to put myself in her position. And I thought about the fact that she was of mixed race and how was that received in in that period of time in eighteen. You know, there, uh, was it eighteen sixty four? How did she? Was she looked at as somebody special, or was she looked at as somebody who was an outcast? And I think she was an outcast.
2: Mm. And so
0: I had to think about that. I had to think about, and so I had to create characters around that that would do things in the book to let you know that. She wasn't often received. And by men, by women, by people of other races, she wasn't received well. So how do you continuously maintain your self-esteem and abilities when everybody's coming at you from all directions? I'm not Mm. sure how she did that. But I do believe there's a higher power that's bigger than any of us. And that power, when we tap into it, it makes things happen. Like, here I am on Friends in Fiction. Who would have thought that? And they said, who would have (laughs) thought it? Oh, you're funny. You're sweet. I I wouldn't have thunk it. So I'm thankful. And those are the kind of things that you never, ever expect to happen. But it did. And you had to create. I had to create characters to make so that people could see and feel her pain and anguish, and her also her power. So that when you finish reading the book, *The away with that, you're going to go through some struggles, some obstacles. You're going to have people around you who are naysayers, and you're going to have people, as I call them. In the book Magpies, it's talking about, <laughs> yeah. but but you can make it if you keep trying and you keep push pushing forward.
2: forward. I love it, and I think some of the most compelling characters in historical fiction are those that do feel like they're an outsider and that they have a lot of things to that aren't the norm or aren't aren't the usual. So it just makes for a much more compelling and uh, readable book, and somebody we want to kind of know.
1: So Ruth if she came back today if Maggie Lena Walker could come back today 120 years since the establishment of her bank in 1903 how do you what do you think she would say about the progress made in this country and the things that might have even have remained the same since the St. Luke Penny Bank was founded her bank
0: I think she would be very very happy at the way women are progressing today I think okay. she would I think she would think that women are making a stand. They're doing things that they weren't able to do in her time period. But she also might be disappointed because there's some things that, that are still the same. But we're getting there. And I think she would be happy with the progress
1: we've made so far. I, I don't think I know this. Does her bank still exist?
0: It's strange that it does. Awesome. This bank, okay. awesome yeah. It doesn't exist as the St. Louis Penny Bank, but she consolidated into Consolidated Bank and Trust, who consolidated into Bank of America, who consolidated to another bank. I can't remember what the other bank was, and now they say it's into Premier Bank. I see. So Hope somebody still have some money in the bank. Started back there from all the way <laughs> back, back in 1903.
1: <laughs> Wouldn't that be great? <laughs> yes. We should find that out. Yeah,
0: we should. I mean, it seems like she's that's the only bank, African American bank that never failed, and during the Great oh, Depression, or during the 1908 recession, her bank, prev- you know, seemed like prevailed because she didn't mind asking the tough question, and doing what was necessary to get to the next level and to help the people around.
2: What a lasting and amazing legacy. That's incredible. Yeah. That's incredible. Okay. So we could do this like, for days because I'm suddenly now I'm if you can tell I'm leaning more into this because I just want to know everything about this woman. But as we end, I want to know about the title, where that came from, and also the cover. I want to know if, what you had to do with this gorgeous cover.
0: Well, let me tell you, cover changed. It initially was another lady on the cover. And I got some kickback from people because it's a well, oh, yeah. you changed the cover to a lighter complexion lady. Why did you do that? Did you do it for marketing purposes? No, oh. done because that's, that lady looked more like Miss Maggie Lena-Walk. And as a legacy, her children, are great great-great-great-great-grandchildren, they want to go back and look at this book one day. They say, you know, that sort of do look like my grandma. Uh, you know, that looks like my legacy. I wanted the book to have more realness. And the reason why she has red on is because red is has always meant power. In most cases, especially in corporate America. If you come in with a red suit on, they know you mean business. <sighs> and I had to put her in a red suit because... She was a business lady, and she needed to have that power. So Red was for power, and her complexion was because that's the complexion she was. So
1: I wanted to be as real as
0: possible. I love it.
1: How about that title, A Right Worthy Woman? Where did that come from? Well, she is a right, and she's a
0: worthy woman. She... She was right in all her efforts to correct wrongs and to make things better for everybody else. She was a worthy woman because she sacrificed everything her family, her friends, her own happiness, probably in some cases, to make things work for somebody else. And she was a woman. And that makes her, I think, the solidified. The whole title. She was a right worthy. She wasn't just a woman, but she was right and she was worthy to be honored. And in 1927, she was on the cover of Forbes magazine. And they said she was the most underrepresented woman in America. Forbes magazine. Can you imagine in 1927, there was a black woman on Forbes magazine? I got this off Huntington Press. And I'm saying, what? You mean she made Forbes magazine in 1927? But she did. Because of what she had done. But the history started just, it just lied dormant. Nobody seemed to want to to sensationalize what she had done. But, you know, it's a different time now. It's 120 years later. And sometimes we lie dormant into their, to our time. And I was listening to somebody this morning on this prayer line that I was on. This young girl was saying, sometimes it's not your time. It's in God's time. So it was God's time to bring... Ms. Maggie back to life. It's time for everybody in America to know about the slate and to give her her just due with the other pantheons in history.
2: That's amazing, Ruth. <laughs> it's been such an honor and a joy to meet you and talk with you, and just I, I I feel your passion coming right through. It was I felt it in the book, but to meet you is is really coming through, and I just I continued success with this, where can people connect with you online?
0: They can connect with me at www.RuthPWatson.com. That's my website. I'm on Twitter. I think I'm on Twitter as QPWatson. And I think I'm on Ruth P. Watson on Instagram. I need to make them all the same. And on Facebook on Ruth P. Watson. So I'm on three of the social medias, but I'm not all on that really well. I need to do a little bit better and get myself
2: together. But People will find you for sure. And continue the success, like I said before. And a huge thank you to you for joining us.
0: A huge thank you to you all for having me. I appreciate it so much. This has been a blessing for me. Thank you. Thank you so much.
2: And us too. Us too. And be sure to visit our org page to purchase a copy of A Right Worthy Woman. Save a little and help a little. We're so grateful that you choose to join us each Friday. Be sure to tune in next week and please tell a friend.